The ability to speak with confidence and present for impact is easily the most valuable skill you can have in today's world. When you can share your knowledge, you can facilitate change. And when you can facilitate change, well, you can change the world one conversation at a time. But most people think they can't speak articulately, confidently, or with impact. They get choked up by nerves, they lose their words, or that dreaded imposter syndrome shuts them down. Well, I'm happy to say that speaking is a skill that anyone can learn. Yes, even you. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. My name is Kat Matson, and welcome to Speaking with Confidence. Well, hello, and welcome to a very, very, very special episode of Speaking with Confidence. Yes, my name is Kat Matson, and this episode is the 100th episode of Speaking with Confidence. And as I said to someone the other day, actually, who I was a guest on their podcast, um, Ronsley Vaz from We Are Podcast, he said, Kat, how do you feel about your 100th episode? And I laughed because I said to him, I never anticipated that I would have 100 episodes. And a little bit like your kids growing up, it just snuck up on me. And I kind of realized that, oh, I've got 99 in the can, which means the next episode is 100. So I couldn't let the 100th episode of Speaking with Confidence go by without doing something a little bit different. So today I have invited two of my Impactful Presenters alumni. These two women are exactly who I created Impactful Presenters for and this podcast for. Women who are driving change in their communities, driving impact in their communities in their own ways. I often say that Impactful Presenters and the Speaking with Confidence podcast is for business owners and community leaders, and these two women are exactly that. They are business owners and they are community leaders. And what you'll hear in this discussion between the three of us is definitely their passion for driving change, their commitment to showing up as their full, authentic selves, even though sometimes they are pushing agendas and talking with decision makers, leaders, politicians, and how their speaking skills, how working on their speaking skills has made a whole new world of difference to them. I also asked them to share some speaking tips as well. So this is a beautiful combination of inspiration of what's possible, as well as practical tips. So buckle in and sit back and enjoy. It is a longer than normal episode, but it's well worth it. So let me tell you a little bit about my two guests. First guest is Dr. Kath Cosgrave, who you'll hear her story as to how she came across me and why she is an Impactful Presenters um, alumni. But Kath is the creator of the Attract, Connect, Stay program. And I'm going to let her speak more to that. But what I love about Kath is that she has blended all of her life's work and experience from community development to health research to now speaking to be driving extraordinary change and high 
value solutions in regional and rural communities in Australia. And then in a beautiful compliment, we have Gail Reynolds, who's working also in, in community connection through her and her sister's business, Wide Bayed Kids. Now, if Kath is working with all regional communities across Australia, then Gail is working specifically in her community in Bundaberg in mid-north coast Queensland. So, as I said, this is a beautiful episode and a beautiful conversation of inspiration and practical tips. I have no doubt that you will hear yourself in some of the conversations that we have. So sit back, enjoy, and welcome to the 100th episode of Speaking with Confidence. Gail and Kath, welcome. I'm so stoked, so stoked to have you here to celebrate my 100th episode of Speaking with Confidence. Thank you. Um, Let's kick this conversation off with some introductions. And look, regular listeners will know a lot about my Earn the Right framework. So I'm going to ask you to introduce yourselves with a very short mini Earn the Right. Gail, how about you kick us off? Tell us uh, who you are, what you do and why you do it. Sure. Hello, everyone. I'm Gail and I'm a community connector. I founded Wide Bay Kids 11 years ago with my sister And we did that because as new mums, we found it very hard to connect with our community to those businesses and services that were in place to help support us. And the more parents we spoke to, the more we found that we weren't the only ones. So my approach to everything that I do is to create safe, inclusive and accessible spaces for people living in the Bundaberg region, whatever that looks like for them. I grew up in Bundaberg and I have a really deep sense of connection to the people, to the community, to the country. And I have a really sense of belonging here, but not everybody feels that way. Some people who live here feel alone. So we really help people living in Bundaberg, Wide Bay region to feel connected to their community. I love that so much, Gail. And I could see Kath smiling. Um, and I, it's not going to be any surprise why Kath was smiling when she introduces herself. So, Kath, let, tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, I'm Dr. Kath Cosgrave, and my expertise is strengthening rural and social care workforces uh, in, across rural and regional Australia. Um, and a key finding from my PhD was that social connection and belonging was why newcomers didn't stay and so that we would need to support them, particularly in the first 12 months, to settle in well um, and then socially connect, um, ideally with locals, um, not just with other newcomers. And that would all strengthen their uh, sense of belonging um, and connection and help them make the choices to stay. So I run a program called the Attract, Connect, Stay Community Connector Program that's running through various places across Australia now. I think we've got about six sites and they're growing all the time. And they're community collaborations of health services, social care services, councils and committed um, rural citizens and residents who want to strengthen um, health and social care in their communities. Um, so that's me, yeah. And you can see right here that, you know, you're, you're both of you are the epitome of 
people that I love working with, business owners and community leaders. It just so happens that you happen to be wrapped up together in the same package, business owners and community leaders, looking to make a positive impact on your communities. So um, yeah, it's quite gold that you happen to be here for this episode. Now, you've both been around for a bit, like we all have, but you're not, you know, you're not fresh out of school. Kath, you're a doctor, you've got your PhD. Why did you feel the need to improve your speaking skills? And Kath, how about you kick us off on this one? Okay, so um, I came to Kath fresh off uh, presenting at the National Rural Health Conference in 2022, which was in Brisbane. Um, and somehow I hadn't noted that I was going to be put in the, the main um, auditorium, which was actually, it was at your National Convention Centre, and it was huge. Um, and there were, so it, it seated thousands and yeah. there were hundreds in the room. There was lights at me so I couldn't see, and there was three or four screens behind my head. And I thought I was going to have a panic attack. Um, I'm pretty introverted. And so public speaking has been something I've had to really work at through mm. um, as I want to be a, a real leader in my area and an expert. And so I must public speak. But I was, this one shocked me because I've been speaking for 10 years, but I was out of my depth. And when I got off the stage, I thought I've got to do something about that to yeah, make sure well. that never happens to me again. Um, also, I'd had um, the news, um, uh, I was on the, the news in the same day and I had a camera just stuck in my face. I wasn't too good at that one either. So I had all the things going on that day at, which just sort of rang loudly to me. Um, I need to do something about my public speaking and my nerves. Um, yeah. And then um, through synchronicity, uh, I was listening to um, something through a network world in a her business network. And um, this cat presented or said something, and I just said, oh, my God, that's the thing. Um, and I think I'd signed up that day because <laughs> um, uh, I really needed to do something about my public speaking. Yeah. I love it when synchronicity works like that. The universe says, oh, you asked? Here you go. Here you go. Your, um, your story, Kath, reminds me of my first um, speaking engagement. This was years and years and years and years and years ago now. I was running a life coaching business. And um, the conference organizer rang me and said, hey, we're running a conference. It's about goal setting. We'd be really interested in you running a session. And, you know, I'm going through it all. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it wasn't until the very end that it occurred to me to ask them how many people they were anticipating. And they said, oh, it'll be at the ballroom of the Hilton. We're anticipating 1,500 people. And I was like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> and it was the same thing. You know, I rocked in, I rocked up at the break immediately before the session and yeah it was massive screens it was massive lights couldn't see the audience luckily I was okay to fake my way through that one but I was like Whew, all right Gail how about you why why did you feel the need to improve your speaking skills I felt like people were not listening I felt like I had so much to say, had so much value to add to conversations, but I didn't know how to say it. I, I thought going into this that I needed help with my language, my articulation, my pronunciation to be more concise with what I was saying. And throughout this process, what I've actually learned was that I'm a big picture person. And when I try to talk in detail, 
I get mixed up and confused. Yeah, right. So I now feel like I, when I talk at the place that I deliver the best information, I'm fine. Uh, I'm still working on and will continue to work on gaining confidence in speaking out and up about things that matter to me. Yeah, that's an, what you just said there. I think is so powerful that it. We think it's about the words that we use or how we say the words, but actually, it's about tapping into our strengths and tapping into our natural communication style and having that be not only okay, but using our natural style to connect with our audience. Um, and that's actually one of the things that I talk about a lot: is authenticity. It's not about everybody conforming to a single style or approach or um, formula rather it's about finding your voice and then using your voice to land your message with your audience to move them from where they are now to where you want them to be so now that you have both worked on your speaking skills um, and it's an ongoing process it's you know it's not one of those things that <laughs> you can tick it off the tick it off and say that's done but now that you're working to make progress on it, what mistakes do you see other community leaders make that it's it's not through any fault of their own, but they're they're doing the things that possibly you were doing, <laughs> possibly we all do. What mistakes are you seeing them make that you kind of go, oh, I wish they didn't because if they fix that, then they'd be able to do these things. Kath, I can see you leaning in. It's like I can, <laughs> you know them. <laughs> um. Oh, so, you know, uh, I, I'll talk about people who are academics or um, professionals in the, and they, so there's death by PowerPoint um, yeah. and so much data. And um, so the key learnings from me are um, in terms of the earn the right, that I can establish my credentials pretty early on and do. And simply by saying Dr. Kath Cosgrave, who's a rural health workforce expert and here to talk to you about that, I've pretty much said it, like, you know, it's unlikely I got that title from talking out my ass. sorry. Um, True. And um, so that was a real learning for me to be just sort of confident and less data. So mine's, um, and I tell stories now. Uh, I tell, I also talk about why this, this, I'm so passionate about this and the very simple things we can do. And I'm always trying to use much more simple language and way less on the screen. Like if people are interested in the data, they can go and read my academic papers if they're so inclined, but they're not gonna take away any of those things. They're gonna take away how I, how me and how passionate I am about this and a sense of hope in a very hopeless area that things mm. could, could improve. Um, and, you know, one call to action, go and have a look at this, read that, do that, speak to. Uh, whichever it might be tailored for the particular event or what I'm, who I'm speaking to. Mm. So that's been a really, yeah, I just tell stories. Uh, you know, I've got a few slides up there as well and a few sort of, you know, I want to teach people some things that are evidence-informed, um, you know, but less of that than I've ever done. Um, 
And I think this is key. We were actually talking about this in one of the group coaching calls the other day around our tendency to lean on the data and the facts and the figures because that's where we tell ourselves the expertise comes from. But actually, it's not that it's boring, but it's actually much harder for your audience to absorb than, as you say, the stories. And it's the stories that have people go, oh, yes, I understand, I understand. So, And it... Particularly in academia, we do tend to lean on our papers, don't we, and the research and what we've done and that data-driven approach as distinct to what I just heard you say, Kath, which was evidence-informed, which I think is a really nice distinction. Mm. Gail, what about you? What mistakes are you seeing people make? I think the biggest one I see is they're not being authentic. So they're not leading with a wholehearted approach. They're... They're wearing an armour, they're wearing a mask, they're pretending, they're hiding behind the data without getting emotional so they're not being vulnerable. God, (laughs) what a powerful statement. And why do you think they do that? I think it's scary. I think Mm. it's scary to show people who you really are. I think that we assume too much about our audience and we assume that they know who we are or where we've come from or that we've got that level of trust uh, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't do that. Everyone's I at think, different places. Yeah, and I think, I think we also assume that people don't want to know the backstory. Like they think that we tell ourselves that our audience is there for the information but actually what the audience is there for, and they don't necessarily consciously know this, but they want they're there for somebody that they can trust to help them move forward. They're, they're, and trust gets built with story and trust gets built with connection. And what did you call it? Full-hearted? Whole-hearted? Whole-hearted. Oh, got chills. Got goosies. Got goosies. Um, sitting where you sit now, like you both explained why you wanted to improve your speaking confidence sitting where you sit now what's possible for you in your businesses and in your careers I guess what I'm asking is how important now is speaking to your ability to achieve your professional and speaking goals Kath again I just saw you go. <laughs> uh, I don't know I think I was I might have um I might be mad, but I had this wish earlier this year. Um, I, I work for myself, so it's quite expensive to go to the um, sort of conferences that I want to go to. And I have this vision to that a Track Connect Day or the Community Connector Program will be in every rural community across Australia before I retire. Um, and so I, I put a wish out there that um, I would only be a keynote. I would never actually... Um, uh, re- uh, apply to uh, do a, um, to attend a course uh, a, a conference again. Um, so I have two keynotes this year. I'm off to Karaka to the National Economic Development Conference, which is a new audience for me. But local councils are a big partner. I need them to understand the economic development drivers of strengthening health workforce with community-led approaches. Um, so that's brilliant. Um, and I pushed really hard um, for um, the courage to go, uh, I need you to pay for me to come because um, I can't afford to. Um, and then most recently I was invited to um, 
the Regional Australia Institute um, Summit in Canberra in September to be on their panel of health, um, the health workforce. And again, I sort of um, had the courage to say, well, that'd be great. But um, and so that's two keynotes this year. Um, and the, then my next one was I'd like to do podcasts and I've got three invitations, this is one of them, three invitations for that. Um, and I was just talking to my husband this morning. I don't get nervous anymore. I, I really trust that I know my stuff um, and it's not the content that are people, are, it's my passion. And you, you might pick up one or two things that are useful for you and will drive you forward, but that's not really why I'm talking. So um yeah it's fun now I'm having some fun with it after 10 years oh my goodness I love this I love this answer for so many reasons one because I do remember when you first reached out and said I need help because I just did this and it was not great um as in I never want to feel like that again but two what I want to pick up on and this it's because it taps into my own public service and economic and community development expertise um you just said that you've been invited to deliver a keynote at the Economic Development Association National Conference to talk about what would be traditionally considered community development activities. That's a game changer. That is a game changer because I've sat in council, I ran economic and community development branch at Ipswich City Council and the budgets for your work sit in economic development, not in community development. So that, I, I, I get yeah. goosey and I get excited and I get emotional for that and you're now able to do that. I'm so yeah. excited. I, I, I feel very, um, I feel like I'm the right person at the right time because I actually come off 30, 30 years of community development experience. But I have this expertise in the health workforce because I did my PhD in my 50s. Um, and I feel like I'm a, um, you know, a, a hidden cloak community development yeah. person. I'm actually teaching people community development, but they think I'm teaching health workforce. Yeah. Um, and it's about health workforce, but it could be about any workforce. I'm teaching community development skills and I kind of love it, but um, the time has come um, and it just needed to be wrapped in a different coat. And I can talk economic development. I can talk all of that language. But what I'm actually talking about is wholehearted stuff as well. But, exactly. Um, you know, I think if I had to summarise my research, it's be nice. Be, be nice, nice and things will, things will improve. Yeah, be um, nice, be kind and help people, right? Like help people yeah. navigate their new cities, their new workforces. Oh, God, Gath, <laughs> so excited, so freaking excited. Gail, um, what about you? Like how important to you now are your speaking skills? What, what's possible for you now? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this, this is beyond world results for us. Um, you know, for change to happen, you need to create connection. And for us, that connection needs to be with the decision makers. So the politicians, the councils, the governments, the leaders in our community. Uh, and for connection... I need them to stop, look up and take notice of what I'm saying. So I needed to speak with impact. I needed them to, to, I needed to create that connection on an emotional level because connection is what builds trust and trust is what builds great communities. And for me, I'm, you know, on the ground uh, 
bottom-up approach, community-led organisation. I'm here, let me help you solve your problems. And I need, I can now communicate that. I love that. I can now communicate that. Because again, that's another, traditionally, that's been a hard place to drive that kind of change from. Um, But it is the only place that that kind of change comes from. It's the grassroots, community-led activation. Okay. Um, I think... We're pretty much done. I'm, I'm very aware that this is a longer episode than normal, as it should be, though, because it's 100 episodes. Um, but I will wrap up by asking each of you, what's your number one speaking tip that you would like to pass on to our listeners? So, you know, people who find themselves rambling, losing their words, talking in circles, drowning their audience in all of the data, or maybe they're even just telling themselves, do I actually have anything important to say? Do I actually have anything of value to say? What would be your number one speaking tip for our listeners? And Gail, I might ask you to kick us off this time. Sure. I think for me, it's knowing that the stories is where the gold is. For too long, I tried to use big words and talk in a language that wasn't mine. As soon as I started using my stories, the passion oozes. I'm more comfortable. I'm more connected. So stories is where the gold is. Just be you and tell your stories because they are the ones that matter. And tell your stories. That's the key, right? And it doesn't have to be a masterful storytelling approach. It's just tell your story. (laughs) Tell your stories. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, Gail. And Kath, what about you? What's your number one speaking tip? Um, I like this part of it from you and another woman, um, Tracy Spicer, who um, I, I did some coaching with as well. And I use my the acknowledgement for country mm. to slow right down, to feel my feet, because usually I'm breathing somewhere sort of up here at that point. Um and I, 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 I tailor every acknowledgement of country to where, to the particular place I'm in um, and work to find out uh, the, the, pe- the nation that we're talking about uh, and the photo, everything is, um, and it's my moment to take a breath, centre, ground, ground in this country, this time, this audience, and then. Um, and it works like magic every time. I thank uh, traditional custodians for allowing me to, to to use that. I also have the permission that I, I once heard, you know, it's fine if you get it wrong. You didn't say it perfectly. It just, it's, it's the thought that matters, that taking the moment. Um, and I do that every time. Um, yeah, I think everything. that is... Yeah, I think that is a that is a magical speaking tip because not only is that about acknowledging the country and the nation and the people before us, but it's also getting very present to the fact that you are in community, you are talking with people, you are literally part of a tribe that you are connecting with as distinct to just flying in and being an expert and 
telling all of your things and then flying back out. It's getting beautifully present. Wow. And so, you know, for my research, it's, it's social connection and belonging, but it's also that everything is place-based. Everything. There's no generic solutions. There's no easy solutions and everything must be about the communities and the people that make up those communities and the geography. Um, so all of that is, um, I, you know, it was very deliberately um, it, it resonates with my research that um, I, I started with. I'd like to um, talk about place and connection for a moment and then you know, give my acknowledgement of country. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, all the goosebumps. All the goosebumps. Ladies, before we wrap up, is there any final comments? You know, I'm always aware that we, when we have conversations like these, there's all these other things that pop into our head. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Keep doing it. Keep, um, yeah, um, I think there's, you can only get better. Uh, mm. And I, everyone is different. Like I, I never roll out the same talk twice. It might be similar, but it's not the same. So who you're speaking to can really help keep you grounded and, um, and, and, you know, as Gail saying, be authentic, uh, authentic to what you're saying and yourself. Um, yeah. Cause that resonates people in the know, like, and trust you. If that, if you're feeling comfortable in yourself, you're halfway there. <laughs> They're likely really? to listen. Yeah. Well, and, and in a in an age where we're currently being um, bombarded with AI can do this and AI can do that and how can you speed up everything, AI cannot and will not replace relationship and connection. Um, and that will be how we stand out. That will be how that will the winners, if you want to use that tech, that um, language, the winners will be the people who can quite literally connect with a wholehearted approach with vulnerability, with realness, with practicality. Um, and in order to demonstrate all of that, you need to be able to, as Gail said, show up and speak and land your message. Gail, Kath, thank you so much for joining me for the 100th episode of Speaking with Confidence. Um, goodness knows what I'm going to do for the 200th episode, but I've got a few <laughs> weeks to think about that. So <laughs> it's all right. So um, thank you again. Um, yeah. I really, really appreciate it. How good was that? <laughs> How good was that? I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kath and Gail as much as I enjoyed having it with them. I'm not going to recap all of the key points because I'm quite sure that you've already noted them. But the one thing that I do really want to call out, the one thing that I just... It never ceases to amaze me when I have these conversations with, with alumni and with people who have mastered the art of speaking. It's just what becomes possible. The opportunities that open up, the possibilities that open up, the ability to make the impact that you're looking to make, whether that's in your community, whether that's in your business, it just blows my mind. Kath being invited and paid to speak to spread her message now, literally less than a year after being completely and utterly terrified. And Gail, Gail, knowing that she can now make that influence, that impact by talking to the politicians, the local councillors about the changes that are needed to keep people in Bundaberg. What becomes possible when you can speak with confidence 
not speak with perfect words, not speak in a perfect framework, but speak with confidence from your own wholehearted self. That's what this podcast is all about and that's what the Impactful Presenters Program is all about. So thank you for celebrating 100 episodes of Speaking with Confidence with me. If you have been a regular listener, then I would love to know what's your favorite episode and what has been the biggest thing that you have learned in listening to the Speaking with Confidence podcast that you now use on a regular basis. So please head over to Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson on Facebook. Yes, it's exactly the same name as this podcast. Head over to that Facebook group and let me know what's your favorite episode. What is your favorite episode? And if you'd like to stay informed of upcoming Impactful Presenters programs, then head over to the impactfulpresenters.com website. That's impactfulpresenters.com. Ask for a copy of the How to Stop Rambling ebook. That's How to Stop Rambling. You'll see it right there on the homepage. And once you're on that list, I will give you a heads up of when the next program opens. So again, thank you for celebrating 100 episodes. It is an honor, a joy. And a real privilege to do this to do this podcast for you. And I would love to hear your favorite episode. So again, head over to Speaking with Confidence with Kat Matson on Facebook and let me know. I don't know what episode 101 is going to look like. Maybe I will take the opportunities to hit three digits to change things up a bit. So who knows? But it will land next week. So stay tuned. And in the meantime, here's to confidence and here's to impact. See you later.